Alexa, who is Tom Rhodes? Tom Rhodes is an American comedian, actor, host, and travel writer. Nice. And he'll be my guest today on No Laugh Track Podcast. That was the voice of my co-host, Alexa. No, and uh, but I left her home today. This is Justin Severson. This is No Laugh Track Podcast. It's episode 254, and as you just heard, I am here with Tom Rhodes. And uh, Tom, Alexa knows who you are. I'm really happy to find that out, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, I'm thrilled I also have a Pandora channel. Look at that. So, uh, yeah, I guess I've somewhat left a mark when you go to the pandora who else uh, do we uh, do we want to mention who because they always like tie in other comics yeah uh, mitch hedberg of course and uh who started on this very stage yeah um bill burr you know it's um i I mean i don't sit around listening to it but the few times i've listened to it uh i i liked the matchings (laughs) that's good they, they were all people that i Respected, and I'm a fan of their comedy. You know, nice, nice. I, uh, I. That's the first time I've. I will say, um, I may do it again, like next week. When I don't remember who's here next week, but uh, I may do that again. Ask Alexa what they know about. Wouldn't my it guest. be funny if you? It was somebody who she didn't know who it was, and Alexa just went, "I don't know." <laughs> well, I'll tell you. We were watching an episode of uh, Orange Is the New Black yeah. on Netflix last night, and we have the Alexa thing set up. Kind of like uh, it's on the fireplace, like right on the ledge there, and uh, so you just walk around like future man, just asking questions <laughs> to the atmosphere. No, it's Alexa, darling. It's actually mostly... How much are sternologs going for it in the summer months? Should I stock up before winter? <laughs> if she had that knowledge, I wonder if she does. Um, it's mostly we mostly ask her what the weather is. And that and that's pretty much it. So this isn't a good selling point for Alexa. But we were watching Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> right. We were watching that last night, and it actually picked up uh, something on the TV, like one of the characters said. And all of a sudden, it went like the light flashed on the top of it, and it went, "I don't understand how to an- I don't know how to answer that question." So we had to rewind, and it was uh, one of the characters on the show saying, "Listen." kind of like mumbling the word listen and it thought it yeah. was saying alexa and then it got its attention well i have an iphone so i have uh, siri yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. siri's cool too uh I've, if you ask siri to tell a joke she used to say you go siri tell me a joke about five or six years ago or whenever i don't know how long it's been around a few years ago she would say i can never remember the punchlines." And now if you ask Siri to tell you a joke, I mean, I think the last time I did it was like a year or two ago. She goes, the past and the present walk into a bar. It was tense. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's, that, who's writing for Siri? Cupertino uh, humor. <laughs> who's writing for Siri? That's what I want to know. Uh, the first question I really want to get to with you is sort of a, a follow-up from you were here like a, a year ago. To, I think this week. I uh, think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. 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 It's. I love coming here in June. It's. Uh, you know, velvet on your skin. The. Um, temperature. Uh, abs- absolutely. I. Uh, I've been here in January, brother. <laughs> I live here in January. Yeah. Don't. D- you don't want to be here if you don't have to. There's no doubt about that. But I want to. Uh, a year ago, at this time, something we talked about was uh, that you had recently moved to L.A. and got your first apartment. Are you still living there? Yeah, is it same still place. The, yeah. Is it st- are you still very happy with that decision? 
Oh, yeah, I'm thrilled with it. Uh, they have since increased the rent. Oh, uh, sig- wonderful. Significantly. and No kidding. Uh, we have a new downstairs neighbor who is making noise complaints. And uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife is a hygiene freak. We take off our shoes in the house. And uh, this this person beneath us is completely out of control. But I, I can tell that I'm a more mature human being because I think 10 years ago, 20 years ago, out of spite, I would have just stomped. Yeah. So the guy's always complaining that we're stomping. Uh-huh. And we're not stomping, you know. And we've actually had the building uh, managers come to the apartment and go to their apartment and they tell the guy um they're normal uh they're there's it's not abnormal noises so the manager did that <laughs> and it's not like we're he you know the quiet hours are 11 to 7 a.m and we looked up the law in los angeles a noise complaint you can only make a noise complaint from 11 p.m to 7 a.m and it has to be a loud continuous obnoxious noise for 10 minutes so Hmm. i could get a pogo stick (laughs) and jump up and down for eight minutes and 48 seconds and i'm still not uh violating any law you could stomp on the floor and say start the stopwatch asshole yeah but i've also you know told the 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 building people we're not home two weeks right. out of the month right. you know i have to make this exorbitant rent so um i don't know what this guy's fucking problem is uh i want to was there any warning that they were going to increase the rent no i mean it's a corporate entity and they own a lot of prop uh, properties so there really was no human element whatsoever we tried to negotiate it's interesting um i had just watched both seasons of Narcos. Hmm. So um, I, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw it, but I watched the first season. Pablo Escobar. It's so great. So I really kind of uh, had this Pablo Escobar attitude, and I was going to go in and negotiate like Pablo Escobar, and hold in my stomach the way he was, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> plomo o plata, silver or lead. That's the choice. Yeah. <laughs> Either I give you money or I kill you. Uh, and they just, um, no. No, these people would have um, made Pablo Escobar weep yeah. openly. I, I went through something similar as well because I rent the place I live in. And when they give you one month notice, like, so I need to give you like two months to move out, but you right. give me one month to like, oh, by the way, if you're, you know, now that we know you're staying, we're raising the rent. Thanks. That seems fair. That seems very fair. But I'm loving Los Angeles. I used to hate it. I don't know if I talked about that before. You know, I lived there. This is my third time living in Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles 20 years ago. Had the sitcom on NBC. Lived on top of the Hollywood Hills uh, in a rock star apartment that looked out on all the lights of Los Angeles. Beautiful. And then 10 years ago, I lived in Koreatown, and I was broke. And um, it sucked. And uh, now... And that was single, Tom? them yeah yeah so now uh i'm older and i'm married and my wife is incredible so uh i like it now it's the three bears porridge is just right story right right i'm not like swimming in cash like i was 20 years ago and i'm not broke like i was 10 years ago i'm just like you know 
It's nice. I saw you did an episode of, uh, I don't watch the show a lot, I really like it, uh, At Midnight. You were yeah, I've done it like five times. Yeah. yeah, I was there, I think it was last week, or two weeks ago. Yeah, it was the beginning of this month. Yeah. Uh, now, is that happening more because you're living in the area? Absolutely, or? yeah. And then the night before, I taped This Is Not Happening, the, awesome. um, the Comedy Central storytelling show. So... Um, and that was great. It was interesting, the tape, you know, because it's comedians telling stories. And I told the story about busting my head open in Philadelphia and the reason why I stopped drinking. Yeah. Uh, which I, you know, I, uh, I've, I've, I've been doing that in my show. I've been closing with it. It's just, you know, five-minute, um, you know, nice killer hunk. So a lot of the comedians got up and told, like, like 15, 20-minute stories. And, you know, every, people have l short attention spans now. And then also, you know that they're going to edit it. I remember about, I forget when I did my last Comedy Central half-hour special, but they do a, a number of them in the week. And I had watched this one guy, and he did, like, over an hour. I guess he had this attitude, like, I'm going to do the greatest show of my life. Yeah, for this half-hour taping, but a half-hour show on television is only 22 minutes. This guy did like an hour 15. So then you're leaving it to the editors to decide what of that 22 minutes to use out of an hour 15. Mm -hmm. So the same is true with the this is not happening. Those, I, I mean, you'd be lucky if they squeeze it to seven minutes. Right. That's they're probably it's really gonna only be those are twenty two minute shows also. Mm -hmm. So if you got two or three comedians on each episode, I think it's two. Um, yeah. So anyway, I I I I did the uh, the woman who was keeping the time uh, from the production company said, "How long is your story?" I said, five minutes." And she was like, the, the guy before me did like a 22-minute story. And she, I'm looking at him. Is he almost wrapping it up? And she's showing me the time. He's still going. And she like rolls her eyes. Oh. And I got off stage. And she comes running over me with her timer. It was five minutes and 17 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. When Do you have any idea when that's going to air? Uh, I think probably in the fall. The autumn. Now, I... Isn't, did yeah, it's for the next season, okay. so I guess that'll start airing in September. Didn't they announce Ari Shafir leaving that show? Yeah. Almost? So yeah. is he there? Is it someone new? He was now? not there. It's Roy Wood Jr. Oh, yes, Roy. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. So I saw you posted a picture yeah, uh, with, with Roy. Roy. Yeah, Because he's hosting. He was hosting it. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I love, I love Roy. Roy. Um, really classy guy. I mean, I like his story because I'm from Florida. He's from Alabama. And... Uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Steve Byrne, and Roy was on Steve Byrne's yeah, sitcom. And, some. and I like the fact that Roy was living in L.A. He's on this sitcom that had a really nice run, and he still had Alabama plates on his car. I thought that <laughs> I thought that was really cool. So, if you uh, <clears throat> if you follow uh, Roy on social media, one of his things is he'll give shout outs to like his little league baseball team. He oh played no, on. kidding! Oh yeah, that's it, nice. It's fantastic. Cool. Uh -huh. Yeah, he's really good. Um, speaking of social media, I saw you know we, you, uh, you. I know you like talking about your father. It was his. Yesterday his was my father's birthday. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he would have been seventy nine years old. Yeah, uh, killed by a drunk driver in two thousand and nine. 
It wasn't instantaneous. The uh, He was in the hospital for three months after the accident, got out, and then uh, a month after he got out of the hospital, he got pneumonia and died. Oh, that's how it happened. Yeah. A pneumonia. But it was a result of his injuries yeah. from the accident. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you do anything special uh, to... Well, I mean, you know, it was interesting. My dad always complained because his birthday usually fell on Father's Day. And he was like, ah, I only get like one present instead of two. You know, my dad was funny. Mm-hmm. My dad's the reason I'm a comedian. And uh, this year, Father's Day was on Sunday, which was the 17th. So, you know, uh, I, 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 I look on social media and everybody's, you know, happy Father's Day and posting pictures with their dad. That's when it's like, you know, um, try not to, not try not to, just um, somewhat stayed away from mm-hmm. social media that yeah. day. Yeah, you know? I can understand that. But I did post a nice picture of he and I yesterday for his birthday. Um I did this hour special for Comedy Central called Viva Vietnam. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a tribute to my dad and Vietnam veterans when Vietnam opened for Americans to travel there. And uh, so they did the premiere of the special Viva Vietnam in Washington, D.C., and they had invited all of these Vietnam veteran uh, people and organizations and then all of these um, um Vietnamese government officials. Oh. So that picture is is that I posted yesterday is of me and my dad at the Vietnam uh, Memorial Wall with a, where it has all the names of the soldiers who were killed. Yeah. And my dad, you know, he'd go there and uh, he's he can find his his buddies and then you know, my dad was shot down in a helicopter. He can this guy was in that crash and, you know. Wow. I saw his dead body. Saw his dead body. Um, so that the Washington Post had written a story on my dad and and I for when I did that special, and that photo was actually the cover of the entertainment section uh, to promote that oh, special. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And he got to see that. Must have thought it was. Awesome. Yeah, man. He was he was thrilled. Yeah, I the bet. buttons were popping off of his <laughs> coat, and uh, and I had a really Charlie Chaplin moment in the back of that theater because here's these vietnam veterans and here's these vietnamese uh embassy government people and you know to see these people that were laughing together at my special who 20 years earlier you know hated each other's guts that was like kind of magic absolutely i um when you when we were just a few moments ago when we were talking about you living in LA and the, na- the neighbors <laughs> saying you're too loud you said that uh, well you're not there two weeks so what uh, a month so is that your what kind of schedule are you doing yeah I'm, I'm, I travel last year, like two weeks a month and uh, and I'm home two weeks a month okay. that's normal I'm going to Europe for all of July uh, I go back to LA next week and then uh, I got a really sweet July and I haven't been I haven't been to Europe since last year, so uh, I really relish the time there now. So I got a week in Paris, a week in Amsterdam, a week in Ireland. Going to be like four days in Galway, which is my favorite place, one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah, careful, but with you saying favorite place, there's a lot of Galway <laughs> is top of the list, baby. Okay. And then I'll be in Dublin for the international... Dublin International Comedy Festival for three days, and then I go to Oslo, Norway for a week. And I've never been to Norway, okay. so I'm really excited about about that. I mean, the whole—I just hope 
you know, time drips like good ketchup for the month of July because <laughs> I I'm I, I I'm, I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it. And you and, and I hope my neighbor complains while I'm out of fucking town. Hell yeah! To show what a lunatic, um, unreasonable. There's person not an is. uncaged pet you're leaving to run around the house. When uh, you're gone, no, right? No, 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 no. I got a couple plants, and um, if they die, that's the way nature wanted it. Okay, as long as they're not growing too loudly or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> His plants are killing me. <laughs> but when you, I can hear the photosynthesis <laughs> of the sun on the leaves. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Norway. I guess you have to assume that when you're doing all these shows in Europe that. I mean, the people that show up to see the show need to understand what you're saying. Scandinavians are super intelligent. Like the Dutch, you know, I lived in Holland, and the Dutch all speak English. And they're they're very excellent English speakers. I have played in Copenhagen and Stockholm, and I've heard it argued that Scandinavians speak even better English than the Dutch. Hmm. Because sometimes in Holland you can use a big word like a three four syllable word and you can tell it's not the meaning isn't like alive in their brains mm-hmm. but um so yeah I, I i'm i'm excited to find out i was listening to uh you're still doing your podcast i am yeah. tom Rhodes radio smart camp i've you are they still coming out steady or are they well i was in uh because I was looking in, at the dates. It's a little sporadic recently. Recently, yeah. Because I went to New York City for a week. Um, I did. It's you know I, I I've lived in New York City twice. So you know the the Comedy Cellar is also one of my favorite clubs, and so I'm going to New York once or twice a year just to do sets at the Cellar, and then the Comedy Cellar also has the Comedy Underground. Mm-hmm around the corner on the same block, and then they got a little small room in the fat black pussycat uh, also on the same block. So I can go there for a week and do like three to five sets every night. There were a couple nights where I squeezed in sets at the stand, and then I did um, some interviews on Sirius XM satellite radio, uh, you know, up in Midtown. But for the, for the most part, I just, all in lower Manhattan, Greenwich Village, uh, eating in Little Italy in Chinatown every night, walking over because I was staying on Bowery. Um, so every night I was up until you know, like all these. David Tell is like a brother to me. He's there every night. Michael Che, who's on SNL, was there every night doing sets, and I got to know him. Just there's, nice. it's always so exciting in New York, and uh, I was up until like four, five in the morning every night. And then I'd sleep all day, wake up, my wife and I would go have a nice dinner and then back to, to hit the club. So, uh, and then the week after that, I went to Toronto. Okay. And um, so I, there was a, a two-week blip where um, didn't put out an episode. Okay, okay. I, uh, but I've explained to my listeners that sometimes, you know, life gets in the way. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, um, I was listening to one of your recent episodes in the last week. It was one you did. Uh, at one point, you're talking about you read a letter from a listener that was said you were kind of shitting on AA. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that episode. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever <clears throat> heard your wife's voice before. 
Well, it's interesting because when I'm, you know, when I was traveling around the world, not living anywhere, I would interview comedians and interesting people. I got to do Kim.com in New Zealand. I got uh, Steve Wozniak uh, was a guest on the show. You know, there's a lot of people that love comedy, so it's it's great. Yeah. But then when I moved to L.A., every comedian's got a podcast. Every comedian's talking about comedy with another comedian. So. I, you know, I, I, I got kind of tired of hustling guests in Los Angeles. So my wife and I started recently, we'll just talk amongst ourselves. And every episode, I'll talk about one of my favorite books because I'm an avid reader. Yeah. And um, that's why it's called Smart Camp. Talk about, you know, knowledge nuggets and, and smart things people should know and be aware of. And it's interesting. My wife, since I started doing episodes with her, my numbers, my numbers doubled. No way. Yeah. So I've had like famous comedian friends on. That's the numbers are, the numbers have been steady, and then I'll have like a Doug Stanhope or a Bill Burr, and then the you know the numbers go crazy. Yeah. Um, but they've kind of been steady, and then uh, it's I, I tapped into something different. I'm still interviewing people no once kidding. once in a while, but. Um, uh, focusing more on ourselves and talking about my life and things we know that could enrich people instead of another interview with a friend yeah, yeah. Uh, is I, I'm, I'm shocked. I look at the numbers. I'm like, holy fuck. When you tell her that, does she say, yeah, I get all the credit for that? Actually, she's the one that pays attention to the numbers. Oh, I don't, I don't, okay. yeah, <laughs> I don't give a shit. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I'm like, um, social media, I'm trying not to be obsessed over it. It's like cocaine, man. You got to, you know, really keep that shit under control. D yes. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have any rule like about staying off your phone first thing in the morning or how trying to, how like, I, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, Twitter bores me. Um, the fact that anybody in the world can tweet to you directly and, um, you know, I was trying to do smart, funny lines, but I found myself more in terms thinking of tweets than in jokes. And fuck that. Jokes are my currency, my 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 oxygen, my reason for living. Yeah. So once I realized that I was thinking more in terms of tweets instead of jokes, I, I fucking backed off of it. I'll, I'll post things and then Facebook. I'll post things and then I try not to uh, look at notifications. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't give a fuck that, you know, <laughs> you think I look like a jackass in a picture, you know? Yeah, I, I suppose. You don't yeah, and then all this, like, political hate in the last year, uh, and everybody's yeah. over the top with their opinion on mm -hmm. both sides. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not interested in... There's a guy I, I used to uh, work with at the uh, you know radio station in town here. He still works over there, and he recently, just this week, he posted, jeez, um, must have been like three dozen pictures of just him with whatever whichever celebrity was in studio that week. Right. And I my, I commented on that and I said, this is all Facebook should be is com is pictures of you with celebrities yeah. because there's no I, it, it made me smile there's nothing controversial right it's you know you're not shitting on somebody i love or praising somebody i hate or well that's why I'm, i really like instagram 
because I love photography. Yeah. So, and it's just photos, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'm enjoying Instagram a lot. Um, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I know all the young millennials are on Snapchat, um, and I... No interest. I, uh, I, I wonder if I could build my fan base if I had beagle ears and a beagle nose. That's... Uh, can I tell you? Can I tell you my? I, I'm glad you said that because my. I don't know if I've said this on the. Yeah, I'm gonna sound out of touch with millennials and that I don't use Snapchat. But I feel like, you know, I watch her get these videos. You know, she'll send them to and from her uh, her friends that are on Snapchat, and then she'll be like, "Oh, they're so funny!" And it's a, it's that. It's the picture of her friend with the tongue wagging the and the tongue ears. hanging out and, and the I, dog ears. And, and I just keep and maybe I sound like a jerk, but I'm thinking like, you know, they're not doing anything creative there. The yeah. app is doing all the creating. Yeah. Well, There's yeah. no talent there. There's nothing like, if oh, millennials I can't take I saw over, that. comedy clubs of the future will be uh, people with virtual reality glasses, and whoever's on stage just has a big dog tongue hanging exactly. out. Exactly. Oh, my God. This exactly. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't want, yeah, so. That's my whole philosophy on Snapchat. Is it's there's nothing really creative about it. Well, and it's you, you gotta um, unless you're using it to like what mm-hmm. I also see some people do, and I just to backtrack a little bit is you know telling their own story. It's just those filters drive me nuts. Yeah, I, I I think you need to nurture your own creativity. You know, I've got my new live album is coming out next week on iTunes. All hail laughter, um, partially recorded on this stage. And I wrote a book. I wrote the first draft of a book, and I'm going through chapter by chapter now. I just finished tightening up chapter eight. Uh, and it's about my life as a comedian okay. and uh, my adventures traveling the world as a comedian, somewhat of a memoir. And, um, you know, I'd rather put my energy into things like that, that that are my actual dreams. Yeah. Making comedy albums. This is my fourth live album. And I, I grew up loving comedy albums. That's why I'm a comedian. And uh, and I love books. I've always wanted to write a book. And um, I'm nearing publication. So, you know, if you're spending all your time on, on social media, you're not doing uh, the real things. And then also your thoughts are, you know... Uh, being distracted, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, uh, I, I the news is 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 bad enough. <laughs> no shit. Uh, <clears throat> so I want to. Uh, why? How? How do you decide it's time to do the book? Like you could. I, mean, you I started done it ten it years ago. You actually, could do it 20 I, I wanted to. I wanted to uh, finish my book by the time I was fifty. So I started. Okay. Um, four and a half, five and a half years ago. I started when I was forty-five. And then I've kept diaries at different periods in my life. You have? Yeah. And that was really helpful. I bet. Really helpful. So I could take chunks and details that you would have forgotten mm-hmm. otherwise. You know, you're busy. And then, I mean, I was an alcoholic and a wild man drug user for many years. But um, uh, I'm glad that I wrote down a lot of things in different periods of my life. Are you doing it now? Uh, somewhat. A little bit. A little bit. And this is different than the comedy notebook where you're writing down thoughts. Sure, sure. You know, I'll just try and uh, capture conversations that I've had and, like, real true feelings. What's the – I mean, the book isn't out yet, so no one's seen it. But, I mean, do you feel like it's 
How close? You're close. Is it done? Well, no, it's <laughs> it's getting there. Uh, I I just finished the chapter of. Uh, I mean, I've I've already written the whole book. I just I'm trying to clean it up. Okay. You know. How do you decide how to? An- you I mean you said it's sort of a memoir. How do you end a book about yourself? Uh, the, the what will eventually be the end of the book is uh, I've written several different endings and when I get to that part I will probably write more and uh, you know uh, and, and like I did with the writings and the diary things I will take the best hunks and combine them but uh, it shouldn't be a problem okay yeah I read constantly yeah and I love books and um you know, like this Europe trip that I have, uh, I'm, 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 there's a, I'm reading right now Paris, the biography of a city, okay, uh, which is like a 470 page book. Um, so I'm trying to knock that out before I get to Paris, and then also then I've got this book. Um, uh, I read a book a few years ago called Amsterdam, the history of a city. This I've got this other Amsterdam book, and it's called City of Bikes. I forget who wrote it. Um, it's another Amsterdam biography. Uh, I'm going to knock that out, you know, before the Amsterdam thing. And then I have a book on the Vikings. Oh. So I want to read that before I get to Oslo. Okay. You know. So, so yeah, the ending, um, I, I mean, I, I, I think this might even end up being more than one book. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, I, I have over a thousand pages already written. Wow. And most your average book that comes out now is like 250 pages. And your average comedian book is like 175 pages <laughs> to 225 pages. Yeah, yes it is. One of my best friends in life won the Pulitzer Prize. And he's been um, helping me, c- coaching me with, you know, edit suggestions and some structure ideas. Do you want to say who that is? Yeah, Gilbert King. And the book that he won the Pulitzer Prize for is called The Devil in the Grove. I think there may be. There's a a movie in the works about it. Oh, wow. It was about in central Florida in a town called Groveland. uh, In the, I think it was 1947, these uh, four black teenagers were accused of raping a white woman. And uh, two of them, I think, were hanged by a mob angry mob and it turned out that the white woman had had an affair on her husband and lied and said she was raped these oh. these guys were completely innocent oh. and then a trial ensued and Thorogood Marshall was on um, the 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 defense or prosecution however it worked on that trial and uh, he ended up being the first black Supreme Court justice yeah so it's a big Thorogood Marshall story but it's also racial injustice of the South and uh, the terrorism that um, a lot of black people experienced so uh, Gilbert King and I he started doing open mic nights in Orlando he and I have known him since I started doing open mic nights yeah he never got beyond open mic nights. He moved to New York City, became a writer. He used to write for Ring Magazine. He's written for, like, tons of things. Really super intelligent, great guy. And uh, so about three years ago, I, uh, he, he lives in New York City. 
he's I'm talking to him and he said, man, uh, he won the Pulitzer like three years ago. And he said, I got all these people coming out of the woodwork asking me to help them with my book, with their book, because I won the Pulitzer. And uh, I just want to say to you, I, I want you to write a book. I want to help you. He goes, I know your story. I've followed your whole career. And I know you got a great book in you. I've, I've read your writings. You're a great writer. And um, I said, well, funny, you should say that. Yeah. Because I had started. already, you know, I'd already started a few years before. So. That's awesome. Anyway. Will you be. Uh, but also that uh, um, you're asking me about the end. And now that I've had a minute to think about it, the uh, a big thing I. You know, I used to be a wild man partier guy. And I always thought that comedy, you had to be the life of the party. And all my heroes died fat, naked, and bloated on the bathroom tiles. I just thought that was the way to do it. So my dad was killed by a drunk driver in 2009. And then uh, my darling little sister, who I was very close with, died of breast cancer a year and a half later in 2011. Supposed to get married on April 22nd. On April 19th, they said she's got 24 hours to live. My wife and I ended up getting married at my sister's hospital bedside. I don't know if you know that. I don't, I don't think you've and ever so told me that. So I had wow. two older brothers. Wow. I just got chills you saying you that. You should. Time. Anybody who's not affected by this story, I, uh, I, Literally, I would, I goosebumps right I would be concerned that. with. So wow. I had two older brothers, jock thug goons, and me and my little sister. It was always her and I against them. And so to rebel against them, we became artsy. She was in the theater. We're both into movies and music and me, comedy. So, like, we were just artsy and, and cooler than them, and we're going to be intellectuals and smart, artsy people. Uh, so I was really close with my sister, and uh, she always wanted to see me settle down. So I didn't want her to miss my, my wedding, and I asked my wife, Ashna, uh, you want to do this at her bedside? And she was like, oh, my God, of course. So I think it says a lot about my wife that she wanted, to, without hesitation, said yeah, yes. Yeah, I'd say. So um, another great friend of mine is an ordained minister, lived across the state in Tampa. On April 20th, it, was, it felt like beat the clock. He's driving across the state. He got there, and uh, we got married at her hospital bedside with like friends and family all like smushed in this little hospital room. There were doctors and nurses all at the door looking in and just everyone crying, especially me. I mean, I was wailing yeah. tears. Uh, do you take this woman? I did. <laughs> and uh, my sister clapped and said congratulations through her breathing mask. Oh. And it ended up being the last word that she ever spoke. Oh, my. So she died however many excruciating hours later. When they say someone's got 24 hours to live, it's not an exact science. We just were all surrounding her. We all I was holding her right hand when she died. Everyone had a hand on her, and we're all, I love you, Laura. I love you, Laura, the whole way out. And uh, I was already pretty destroyed over losing my dad. Yeah. And then when my sister died... Uh, I lost my sense of humor for a couple years. And for a comedian, that's um, a pretty fatal thing to happen. So I just did not see any humor in life. And 
I was experiencing grief and sorrow, and my heart was just absolutely shattered. So I started really drinking heavily. I've always been a heavy drinker, but I mean, I was just like really boozing it Mm -hmm. to numb myself. And it was a real journey to my wife nursed me back to health emotionally, and it was a real journey to um, get my humor back. The you know, we took some trips to places that are very significant to us, like Key West, and we went to we went to Australia. And I did a tour of Asia. Those things helped. Went to New Zealand, but it was really I blacked out in Philadelphia and fell off of a bar stool. I was so drunk, and I busted my head open. And that was three and a half years ago now, and uh, it was the gra- I got six stitches. It was the I, I I think one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Yeah, uh, because I immediately stopped drinking. I realized I'm just uh, with the help of my wife who studied psychology, a lot of deep conversations that um, I, I I I I I stopped drinking. It wasn't helping me. And, uh, and then two years ago, I kicked the cigarettes. Um, so I'm, I'm happier. Yeah. And there's, you never fully get over something like that. There's only degrees of better. Sure. So the book ending will, that is pretty much the last couple chapters. Okay. So you're asking me, it's the fact that I now see the joy in life again. And that I, I, now, comedy is the drug. Like when I started when I was 17, there was no better drug than getting on stage. So now I don't, uh, I stopped drinking, I stopped doing drugs, and, uh, and now for me, the drug is comedy again. Yeah. Getting on stage every night, that is like my ultimate joy. So, so the, the ending uh, is, is pretty much is that. Yeah. To answer your question that that's perfect yeah wow thank you for sharing all that sure man i mean and you know you cannot you cannot live to a certain age in life without experiencing tragedy and heartbreak and atrocities and you got to do whatever you can do to uh to to not be beaten and bitter by life mm-hmm. and even if you're like a happy good person you know the worst thing in life is that people you love die yeah. And it is really hard to get over that shit. So, um, you know, I, I guess, uh, you, you know, you, you get to a certain age and you have to just, you know, um, uh, you have to maintain your, you know, your innocence and mm-hmm. love of life. How uh, how is the relationship with your brothers now? <clears throat> oh, I haven't spoken to my um, – my oldest brother's good. He's an innocent He's a sweet guy, real super Jesus freak. Oh, and they're all all my family are hardcore Christians. Oh, okay. Uh, and then my other brother, who um, I've done a lot of jokes about, <laughs> military brother. He's also in the book because uh, I haven't spoken to him in two years. He physically attacked me several times uh the last time i spoke with him he was violently punching me in the chest yelling you voted for obama obama's ruining this country so now where the oh uni- boy. now where the country is i can see 
how ahead of <laughs> how ahead of his time he really was. <laughs> I have to give him credit that he he foretold <laughs> the America we are living in, in today, just oh. full of hate, and that you would actually turn on your own brother over uh, politics and political opinions. Mm -hmm. I'm, so. I'm laughing only because it's, the, it's so it's, ridiculous. It's, it's a biblical story, really. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good way to put it. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's true. Oh, boy. Uh, I want to go back to the... Because I, I saw... It was an article, an interview you must have done that was printed... The end of last year. Is this too heavy for you? This conversation? No, no, right. no. Should I be? Oh. No, not at all. I I could not be more at home than I am on this stage. So. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Um, it was an interview you did, and you said uh, you had big plans. The new CD's coming out. Uh, filming another Netflix special and writing a book. So you've been. Uh, this. Uh, are you saying a CD's coming out next week? Next week. Next week. Yeah. You're not – I haven't seen you promote it yet. Starting next week, I will Starting once it comes week. out. I, yeah. mean, well, I promote something until it's out. Get the – the, you know, like a movie trailer. Nah, I hate people that over um, – no, like I said, I'm not obsessed with social media. No. I will start <clears throat> pumping it out, but why bother people until it's time for them to act? Fair enough. And um, – I just found out that Netflix has uh, enough white guys. <laughs> so I don't know where my next special will be. Um, but, yeah, apparently that's the word I just heard, that unless oh. you are super famous um, and um, they, they have their white guy quota. Hmm. Okay. I, um, Which, you know, <clears throat> as a guy who uh, – you know, I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> as a guy who spent his whole life um, uh, open minded and uh, and it, well, I don't know. It's interesting. Nothing can hurt me. I'm Tom Rhodes. <laughs> but uh, it's just funny that I would fall into a white guy category because I think I have so much flavor. <laughs> like, I heard the the word from my manager, and I was like, "I'm not white." You're picturing I'm a loaf. You're picturing picturing a loaf of Wonder Bread, and you're like, "I'm not fucking Wonder right. Bread." Right. I'm seven grain. I picture a white guy who voted for Trump. He's never traveled. He's never read a book. I'm like, I'm I, I defy categor categorization. I'm not a white guy. Who said that? <laughs> I, I, I Tony Woods calls me the second most angry black man he knows. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten. You can't use that as an album uh, title. <laughs> I should have him talk to the Netflix. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> you know they put those little descriptions. You know, after on Netflix, you know, when you you pull up the someone special, it does a little description. That's what yours. The second be. most angry black man. Uh huh. Tony Woods knows. Yep. I like it. Yep. I uh, something we talked about uh, last time, and you obviously your love of books, and I mentioned about how, like I have you know two daughters. One is a voracious reader. I'm very happy about that. What's her favorite book? I she, <laughs> she likes the. Uh, they just made another movie. Those Captain Underpants. You've read all oh, those, yeah, right? No, I haven't <laughs> read them. No, but I see that the movie's out. Yeah. 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 Um, 
And then my my older daughter is we. I just took them to, to the library. Uh, you know, it's summer break now. Awesome. And I took them to the library last just earlier this week. One, like I said, one was very excited. One wanted me to leave her at home, and I'm like, no, you're coming with. But we did went. She didn't pick that's out great. a book. People don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a brilliant thing to do. And that is one reason. That is probably the reason why I love books. My mom would take me and my sister and my two brothers to the library every month and you got to check out four books each that was you know that was i don't know what it is now but so you could check out four books for a month so we would go once a month and it was just like this magical place like my brothers were interested in sports and military shit and me and my sister were like entertainment stuff and then you know classics or you know what we just any other you know literary um masterpieces or or whatever we even when we were a little kid like just big picture books of ireland or uh of, of airplanes or whatever just and then through the years i always thought that was so magical that we could pick out any four books on any topic mm-hmm. we wanted and then have it for a month in our room, you know, yeah, and be left alone. Now you got the internet, and people don't think like this anymore. But I know specifically that is why I love books. That's really cool. Yeah, I want to. So I'm, how I want to tie that in here with a question is, you know, like knowledge. There's the thing with kids. Some kids where it's like, yeah, I just want to skate by, and I, I don't. You know, being smart is nerds are smart. I don't want to be described as a nerd. Do you understand what I'm you you following what I'm saying, right? Right. Like I would never want to be described a jock thug goon. Okay. So Perfect. uh you've obviously not raised this child well. <laughs> Nerds are the future. That okay, that's, <laughs> that's how yeah, how do I how do I convince her that like because I, you know, as an adult now, I love gaining more knowledge. I I like be I I like mindless entertainment, but I also, you know, like when I'm, you know, I'm, when I'm sitting on the couch with my phone and I'm, uh, okay. I might be playing a game, I have but your, I love. I have your solution, and this will only, uh, th- this will cost you no money. This is your daughter you're talking mm-hmm. about. So take your daughter to the airport. And you know, there's the 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 area before the security. Just just get on a sit on a on a uh, you know the departures level where people checking in. Sit in a seat. And point out the well-dressed people to your daughter and say, see these people, they read things, they know things, they're interested in the world, they're traveling to exciting places because their lives are interesting. And then you take her to the Greyhound bus station and you point out the people who uh, have bad nutritional uh, dietary habits and uh, are, are 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 dressed impoverishedly, and you tell her these are the people who don't read and have uh, very little ambition. I like that. I like that. I not that the people on the bus don't have ambition, but you know they. I I used to take Greyhound buses when I started out on the Southern circuits. Sure, but and it was you know. 
terrifying sometimes. Yeah. But it was a necessity. It was all I could afford. Mm-hmm. No, I, li- I, li- I like that. So, you know, and not everybody who flies is a fucking genius. Um, <laughs> Certainly not. But that's my advice. Yeah. No, I, I like that. So we're talking about, you were talking about, you know, I know you've, that uh, you've done a ton of traveling with your wife. Um, I've done some traveling with my wife. I've done traveling with uh, other women in my life before that. Uh, there will be none in the future because I'm sticking ah. with my wife. Uh, what makes a good travel companion? Because you two seem to be going strong and you go everywhere. Well, it's interesting. My wife, when we first started getting serious, you know, I didn't live anywhere for 10 years. I had everything in storage and I was just traveling the world we would do so my wife traveled with me for eight of those years and when we first started getting serious as a couple I told her if you want to be with me you have to reduce your life to one checked bag and two carry-ons and she reduced her life to three pairs of shoes which for a woman is admirable yeah so uh but as far as logistics she's helped me Tremendously, because she really, I mean, she's smart. She's 12 years younger than me. She's not a millennial, but she is Generation Y, um, whatever, if that term is even still used. (laughs) She has a handle on taking advantage of technology. So um, she can work Yelp like a violin. Like we were in New York, and it's like she's got, she found all the best restaurants for us to eat at. And um, she helps me tremendously with with everything. So um, she's not, you know, like when I was drinking, we we had some arguments in hotel rooms and things like that. But since I stopped drinking, um, we argue considerably less. And (laughs) it's good. uh, And we get along wonderfully. So I I like having her with me. And it's not, you know... um, it's not a problem. Yeah. Okay. And she's obviously, I assume, is going when you do this Europe tour coming. Oh up. yeah, of she's course. definitely she's coming with visit that her family. One. Yeah. Oh, gonna, of course. Yeah, we'll go to Rotterdam, and um, you know they're, um, you know, Indian, but they're from Suriname. So there's like a Hindu culture, but there's also a Caribbean culture. School me on Suriname. What? Suriname is one of those tiny countries above Brazil. You got Guyana, French Guyana, Suriname, and then Venezuela. So um, it's interesting. It's a South American country, but it was a former Dutch colony. So it's in South America, but everyone speaks Dutch. Okay. And it's on the top of South America, so it's part of it's the bottom of the Caribbean. So a lot of the food is Caribbean, and um, but they're Family is Hindu, so there's also, like, Indian food involved. There's a Hindu element to um, a lot of her family. Are, uh, her aunts are all Hindu. Her mom's not. Okay. Um, and uh, But they're also very Dutch. My wife is a European woman. She went to Leiden University, which is like the Harvard of the Netherlands. So she's actually a non-believer. She believes in science and reason. And um, she's super intelligent, and um, it's Rotterdam is the most ethnically diverse city in Europe, and it is also the biggest port in Europe. And a knowledge nugget about Suriname is the Dutch actually traded what is now Manhattan 
for Suriname. Oh, the wow. Dutch left Manhattan and they took Suriname, uh, and still to this day, probably one of the worst trades of all time. But <laughs> 300 years ago, it was a strategic uh, shipping spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to stop after you've crossed the Atlantic. Okay. Okay. I um, another thing I want to get to before we're uh, done here is we've talked, you know, you, about uh, your father. Now your your sister, a little bit about your brothers. I saw you recently went to Yosemite with mom. With my mom, yeah. Let's that, talk I, about mom. That's actually the third time I've taken my mother to Yosemite. That's really cool. Yosemite is my favorite national park okay. in the United States. Um, Yosemite Valley is spectacular. If you go to Yosemite, I mean, I can give you great travel tips. If you ever go to Rome, you want to uh, the week of April twenty second, April or April no April twenty first is Rome's birthday. So all of the museums are free, including the Colosseum. And school hasn't let out yet, and uh, so the lines aren't long. And also the temperatures aren't as hot as they are in summer when it can be brutal in Rome. Okay. So for Yosemite, my travel tip is also April, May, because the waterfalls are raging in April and May. And especially this past winter, there was a massive snowfall in the Sierra Nevadas. Okay. So in April and May, the waterfalls are raging, and it's the the school hasn't let out yet. So there is, uh, it's 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 very enjoyable, especially if you go beginning or mid April. Uh, May it can start getting a little heavier on the traffic. So my mother, when I lived in San Francisco. Years ago, I took my mother to Yosemite, and we stopped in Modesto and bought a bag of strawberries that were as big as your fist. And my mother, still to this day, talks about those strawberries uh-huh. and how wonderful. And we're driving around Yosemite eating these strawberries that were as big as your fist and so enjoyable. Um, I took my mom back to Yosemite a year ago. And and that was nice. I forget when we went, but it was just such a great memory, and uh, we had a wonderful time. So my mom visited me again in April, this past April, and I took her back because they had such a heavy snowfall in the Sierra Nevadas. I knew that the waterfalls would be raging. So we're really hoping to find these strawberries in Modesto. And we did not. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the fruit side stands, the roadside fruit stands in California is one of my favorite things about traveling around California. So we could, we didn't see the, the, we really wanted to relive this strawberry moment. And then um, about five miles before we entered into Yosemite National Park, there was a guy on the side of the road selling cherries. So we stopped this time, bought two big bags of cherries. They were actually Siamese twin cherries, where like they were two combined, like every one of them were like two combined cherries, and they were the sweetest, most delicious cherries. So this visit just the cherry trip. This visit was the cherry trip. Nice, yeah, nice. So it's a great thing to do with your mom. Uh huh. I've uh, I I've never been. 
to Yosemite. The at very all. first time we went, another time uh, when we went, there's a there's a beautiful old little wooden church in Yosemite Valley. The first time we went, we were there taking pictures, and then we saw a a, a little deer run around this big rock, and my mom and I are running with our cameras. Oh, let's go see if we can get a picture of the deer. And we get around beside the big rock, and it was a little bear. <gasps> oh, whoa! It wasn't a fucking deer. <laughs> it was a little bear. Okay. And then we think, oh, shit, the mom right. must be close. Yeah, and we look, than- and then the mom was like, I don't know, uh, 40, 50 feet away. And my mom and I turned and ran. And my um, uh, my elderly mother uh, smoked my ass, <laughs> and there was actually a log. I'll never forget my mom like hurtling like an Olympian over this fallen log, and like she friggin' outran me. So that was another great <laughs> memory of the first time we went. So if it comes down to fight or flight, she kicks ass in flight. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's nice. Uh, is there anything else we should be mentioning here before? I think we we just did about an hour there. It seems that's what I normally do. Anything else we should be mentioning? Uh, uh I don't know. Um, Obviously, keeping an eye out next week for the uh, for the yeah, new man, album. Uh, all hail laughter. All hail laughter. On, uh, it'll be on iTunes. It'll be everywhere, and um, and then hopefully. Uh, next time I see you, Justin, I will have a copy of my book in my hand. I, you know what? I have one more question I want to ask okay. about the book. Who is who? Have you thought about who gets to read it before it goes to the public? Like anyone in your <coughs> inner my, circle? My friend Gilbert King. Okay, anybody yeah. else though? Like, um, is your wife reading it? My while wife you're doing is it? reading it. Yeah, and okay. there's this. Um, it was funny because we were in New York and we had we we saw Gilbert King and 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 Gilbert suggested we use this software with the book and my wife already had it and she I forget what it's called but you put it in you, you know there's a little sidebar where you can put like what is happening you can make little notes that you know this chapter is about oh, you know sure uh, death marriage whatever you can break you can anyway so. Um, she's, she's going through it. Uh, um, my manager, um, I've sent him a few of the chapters. Um, uh, it's, you know, but, but it's, it's just a very small, short little group. Yeah, sure. Who's seeing it. And then, uh, but we'll see. So yeah, uh, hopefully we're going to make a deal before the end of the year and then it goes to the next level and then I can add or subtract whatever I want based on, um, as yeah. a yeah, as a reader, do you like audiobooks? The existence of audiobooks, and will you voice your own audiobook? Yeah, uh, you know the great courses. Uh, I love those things when they're on. Uh, like I like biographies. I like historical things. Right. So those for audiobooks, I enjoy. I don't like novels. I'm not. I'm sorry, not novels. I don't like fiction. Mm-hmm. Although. Some of my favorite books are fiction. So even though I say I don't like fiction, people will suggest to me uh, great books. But n- but normally I, I like factual stuff. Sure. You know. Sure. Are you still doing the knowledge nuggets? I am. We took a break on those also. Okay. So I'm going to film another batch next week. When you get back yeah. home. Yeah. Right. And then with the beautiful uh, bookcases in the back. Exactly. Yeah. Tom. 
Thank you so much. Justin, you're the best. It's always great to be back. Shalom, amigo. And as, as we talked about uh, next time you come to town, we're going to a Twins game. Yes, please. Perfect. Long live Rob Wilfong. <laughs>